So some major changes are coming to the labor code starting September the 1st. Bill C-86 will make some significant changes to our labor code in this country. The amendments touching on everything from job scheduling to breaks, vacations, holiday pay, and leaves of absences. The Zamfiro, of course, is the employment lawyer, and he joins us here to discuss on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Lior, my friend, how are you on this Monday? I'm great. Uh, good to be with you. All right. Uh, first off, what is, uh, from your standpoint as a labor lawyer, uh, what is the big thing uh, that really jumps out at you from Bill C-86 that's going to impact maybe the, the most workers? So remember, first of all, that this is a, a statute that impacts the federally regulated employees. So people that work in telecommunications, TV, radio, uh, bank employees, railway employees, uh, some, some trucking employees. So for, for many of them, they're regulated federally. And because of that, these are some significant changes. Probably some of the, uh, the biggest ones have to do with vacation. For example, you can now get up to four weeks vacation if you work for a company for uh, 10 years or more. Obviously, that, that's significant. Uh, there's also an allowance now for uh, breaks, whereas federally regulated employees, unlike provincially regulated employees, did not have to get breaks during a course of a shift. Now, breaks are mandated, so the employer has to provide that. And uh, the other big one is it now allows for five personal days, three of which are paid, uh, that an employer has to provide. So for many employees, that's only going to be a, a welcome change. Okay, when you mentioned these are for federally regulated employees, that, that includes uh, us here at the radio station. So, uh, Dusty, could you take some notes here for us, please? Well, there we are. Yeah, I think we might need, including these breaks. Like, Lior, we, we slave away here for two straight hours uh, on the air. Am I in the middle of the show? Am I entitled to a break? Uh, given given the, the massive length of your particular show, then, then no. We, no. <laughs> the breaks would be for people working for five hours or more. So, uh, you know, I, I guess if you want to add your TV duties together, then I, I would say, yes, you are out of break. Prep time as well, that, that sort of thing, meetings and all that. Like, uh, yeah. maybe we could just walk away for five minutes here at 2.30 every day. Well, but I have a better one for you, uh, <laughs> okay. Jeff. One, one of the things that uh, employees are entitled now, after six months of employment, they can ask or even, I would call it, demand changes to their work schedules or work locations uh, and work conditions, and the employer cannot just reject these. The employer now has to consider them and has to give reasons in writing. And if the answer is no, they have to have a, a good, valid reason. Whereas in the past, employer can say, you know what, yeah, I know you want to work more from home, but just not going to happen. Now the employer has to have specific reasons, and if they don't, a complaint could be filed with the uh, with the federal labor board. So, okay, if, if you don't like your shift, Jeff, you gotta you gotta raise it up with someone. <laughs> well, you know that's really interesting though because I, I know and we've talked about this from time to time in the program about telecommuting and allowing people to work from home and easing gridlock and congestion uh, here in the city. So, uh, if people do find they really want to work from home, that they can now kind of push that, if you will, with their employer a little bit? Yeah, they have more leeway to, to kind of demand, demand for that, and an employer cannot just say no uh, for no reason, and there's specific reasons they can deny it, but uh, you're going to have a lot more employees now making these types of requests and, and asking for changes to their shifts, to their work locations, hours of work, 
And, and again, and the employer cannot just say, hey, too bad, that's the way it is. There has to be real consideration given, and if there isn't, and if there's no good reason to say no, that's going to be a problem for the employer. Talk to us as well, Eeyore, about this a change to uh, a notice of a shift change, that uh, employers now must uh, give an employee written notice, 24 hours written notice before they change somebody's shift? Yeah, so it starts with the fact that under these changes, employers now have to provide uh, notice to the employees of their work schedule at least 96 hours before the start uh, of the shift. And if they want to change it, they have to provide at least 24 hours advance written notice of that change. And that means that if the employer doesn't provide that uh, type of notice of the change and the employee refuses to work, they cannot be penalized in any way. The employer cannot say, you didn't show up to your shift, therefore we're going to let you go or, or discipline you in some way. They can say no now under the protection uh, of the legislation because of the fact that the employer did not give enough notice. Interesting. Uh, also uh, interesting is uh, employees now have the right to refuse uh, overtime uh, based on family responsibilities. Yeah, and that is certainly a big one. An employee can refuse the overtime. And this is one of those things, though, Jeff, that even though clearly the law is now such that employees cannot uh, be made to work overtime, cannot be punished for refusing, the problem is more a practical one. And an employee may think, if I refuse, yes, my employer may not be able to say, I'm letting you go because of that, but they may find other reasons and they may find other problems being created for them. So this is one of those things where I think that employees are still going to be weary to stand up for their rights because they're going to be afraid of how this is going to impact their employment later on. But on paper, you're right. You can refuse overtime now uh, in, in some situations if there's family requirements. And I think on paper, that is certainly a welcome addition. I'm just not so sure that it's going to translate uh, to real-life situations. Well, you know, that was uh, one of my questions I had for you, uh, as all well and good as some of this might be for certain employees, and uh, it's there in black and white now. It's been uh, spelled out, put on uh, paper. Is there still uh, a hesitancy, do you find, of employees not kind of standing up for themselves and exercising their rights? Absolutely. Well, usually when someone calls me, the question they start off with is, can my employer do X, Y? Well, what I always say is that's not really the question. The real question is, what are you going to be able to do about it? Because practically speaking, your employer may do something that they're not supposed to do, but if you're still working there, are you going to be inclined to get into a conflict with the employer? Are you going to be inclined to file a complaint against the employer with the, uh, with the government? And a lot of employees are going to say, well, I don't want to do that because I'm still working there. I still got to see the boss the next day I'm in the office. So it's because of that that employees are often hesitant to pursue their rights, certainly while they're there. You'd be much more inclined to pursue those rights where you're, you're no longer there. But while you're there and if you think your employer didn't pay you overtime or didn't give you enough notice of a shift, uh, I think a lot of employees are still going to be very hesitant to, to pursue those rights. Yeah, you know, I'm hesitant to draw this analogy because I don't want to paint all companies or employers as uh, bullies, but it's almost like when you stand up to the bully in the uh, school uh, playground, right? Uh, if you do that and you stand up for yourself uh, in your rights, sometimes you end up uh, being more respected. And absolutely, and, and the employers always know, uh, believe me, they know who kind of the, the squeaky wheel is, who's going to stand up for their rights, and they may be more careful in their dealings with these employees. But for a lot of employees, they want to have a job. They don't want to have too much drama or hassle, and they want to simply be able to continue doing what they're doing. So I, I often deal with individuals that are very hesitant to stand up for their rights 
uh, th there's this fear that you're going to have repercussions. There's this fear that the employer is, you know, more more wealthy and more able to deal with these things. But I can tell you, Jeff, the laws in Ontario and certainly federally as well are quite good for employees. And and this these changes are an example of that. A lot of new rights, a lot of new protections, and for employers, there's going to be some added costs because of these changes. Also, uh, wondering, uh, Lior, and you can certainly speak to this uh, through your day-to-day -day dealings with uh, people, uh, how many employees are actually aware of their rights? Because I think when you see something like, ooh, Bill C-86 with some significant changes to the Canadian Labor Code, uh, most people are like, no, 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 thanks. But it's stuff that's really important and can really, uh, you know, impact uh, you and your working relationship and, and for the better. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of misconceptions out there about what rights are. And, and some people get their information from wrong sources. They may ask someone who, who doesn't really know. So bottom line is employees do not often understand the extent of their rights and, of course, what they can do to enforce those rights. But it goes the other way. Just as often, employers, good employers, may not appreciate their own obligations to their employees. And because of that, in Ontario, there was a survey done by the Ministry of Labor, and they found that over 90% of employers were actually in breach of various employment standards. And my response was, only 90%? It, it, it is a rampant issue, and uh, I think the government can do a better job in educating employees and employers about rights. Yeah, because part of the problem, as you just alluded to, is the fact that these changes, Bill C-86, are going to cost employers, so uh, they're not going to go out and kind of uh, advertise this, are they, uh, with, with their employees? No, and, and I promise you, a lot of uh, your listeners may not have even realized these changes are happening. Uh, you know, there's no big kind of uh, massive change, like changes to minimum wage, which would get a lot of attention. These have not gotten a lot of attention. But I do think it, em, employees, and certainly employers, should know about them because there are extensive, I, I would even call them some sweeping changes. And if employers don't comply with them, and at some point they get audited by the government uh, about their practices, there could be fines, there could be penalties, uh, there could be significant costs. So it's a good idea for every, everyone to become educated. All right, Lior Zamfiro, you hear him weekly right here on 640 Toronto, and you see him on a global uh, television. Uh, Mr. Zamfiro, thank you as always, sir. Always a pleasure.